Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Hey, this is Doug Carr of the Marketing Tech Blog with another uh, interview of the leaders in our industry. And today I have on the phone with me uh, Tim McLean of NetCert of Tim. How are you, sir? Doing great, Doug. Uh, you know, long-time listener, first-time guest. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's fantastic to hear. And and I, 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 I'm really excited about the conversation today. Um, the, the Tim's PR folks, you know, reached out uh, because they've been doing an, a lot of analysis on millennials. And, uh, and, and you know, I, everybody knows that I'm a curmudgeon and, you know, come back sometimes and I go, what's the big deal? I, I'm, everybody's pitching me about millennials. And so I came back to your PR folks and I said, all right, if Tim wants to talk about what the big deal is, let's get that out there. And, and you guys threw some material my way and everything else. And I'm, I'm excited about this because, um, this is where we're heading. So Tim, maybe, maybe let's start out with who you are. And uh, and yep. of course, who NetServe is, and then uh, and then we can break into you know the the millennials and and why it's such an important thing and what what people can do about that. Yeah, sure, Doug. Again, thanks for the invite. You know, so again, my name is Tim McLean. I'm with NetServe. So think assertive. We're NetServe, right? Um, and uh, I'm a, a senior digital marketing specialist here at the company. You know, we've been around about five years and. Really, what we've done is we've created a digital marketing intelligence platform that allows the big brands and their local partners uh, to work together to win local customers, you know, through the power of some great digital marketing uh, on the internet. Uh, my background, so you and I, I think are both kind of older guys. Uh, I actually, um, you know, have been doing digital marketing now since you know about 2001. Again, the company's five years old, uh, but I remember back in the day you started in newspapers, right? Yeah, I sure did. You. Yep. Yeah, same for me. So in school, in college, I was doing, you know, stringer work for a newspaper. I got hired full time. Man, there's nothing like the crucible of a newsroom to learn how to write. And, uh, True. You know, and I loved it. And it really set the stage. But I always had a really keen interest in technology. So, geez, to really go back in the day, I think it was 85. I actually ran a bulletin board out of my bedroom with my twin brother. Wow. So we, uh, That's we, awesome. Yeah, you know, the old, the pre, pre, pre AOL, you know, uh, and, that was sort of the beginning of sort of the entrepreneurial uh, edge, you know, doing startups when I finally uh, left newspapers and uh, started to work uh, on the Internet side. Always had an interest in the technology, but really, Doug, what I like to do is help people, especially business owners, solve problems, you know, with technology. One of the big problems and challenges that local businesses and their brands have is reaching the right consumers at the right time with marketing uh, that sort of aligns with where people are spending uh, so much of their time. And you and I both know, because we live and breathe this stuff, that of course that's on the internet. But you probably would not be shocked to know that there are a lot of brands and local businesses that continue to focus a lot on traditional uh, you know, outlets for their messaging uh, to the detriment of digital. They're very underinvested in digital. So a big part of my role is um, going deep into the five different industries that we'd serve at NetServe, talking to the brand reps, talking to the local businesses, and showing them some stats, including what we're going to talk about today, about the next big opportunity, which of course is this millennial generation, and how can they tune up their marketing to address those folks in the right way, where they're spending a majority of their day, to uh, you know, nurture them, turn them into customers, and then lifelong advocates of the brands and, and their products. Oh, that's and that's what we need to talk about. So, so the first thing for for people who 
you know, don't know or have lived under a rock in the marketing world, what, what do you see as a millennial? What do you, how do you define a millennial? Well, a millennial, you know, the whole 18 to 34 demo is, is technically a, a millennial. Anybody born after 2000, again, technically a millennial. But here's the number I want you guys to remember is that 37% of adult consumers right now are millennials. So there's your opportunity. So 40%. Wow. And what's happening is that we – yeah, that's a big number. So we used to talk a lot about, uh, you know, you've got uh, all these baby boomers and in so many of these considered purchased uh, industries that we work in. So here at NetSertive, it's, you know, it's auto dealers, it's, uh, you know, custom audio video installers, you know, think man caves, um, our high tech B2B guys, you know, SAP, Microsoft, anyway, uh, home goods, medical practices, all these guys are still thinking at the brand and the local business level about baby boomers. And the reality is, is that baby boomers are starting to shrink. You know, they're aging out of, uh, you know, their time as being the focus. And they've been doing this stuff for decades, going after folks that are, say, 50, 55 and above is their best, most ideal customer. Now the millennials have crept in and they've got a bad rap, Doug. You know, you think about it, you know, so many jabs come their way about, you know, they're lazy, they're still living in their mom's basements. You know, what we're talking about today is not you know, the folks that are, that are on the younger end of the scale that are still going through the early stages of their life. What we're talking about today are what we like to call an assertive milestone millennials. So what's a milestone millennial? Well, here's some other stats for you. So this year, about 5 million folks who are renting who are millennials will buy their first home, right? That, that's a milestone, buying yeah. a home. Yeah. Uh, next, you know, about 10 million of them are going to have a baby, there's another huge milestone, and uh, about 75% of them are going to purchase or lease a car in the next five years. So if that's not an opportunity, right, I don't know what is. So again, they're hitting these milestones, and you know they're using the internet. So I, we like to say around here that, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, sort of uh, the big medium that I recall that really struck me was sort of the glow of the television. Well, now it's the glow of the digital device. Um, that's that's what that's what it's about. They've grown up their entire life with access to the internet and these devices, and now it's up to brands and local businesses to pivot and start going after them and messaging them in the right way, in the right context with the right kind of messaging that really you know appeals to them. And there's there's really a technique. There, there's sort of there's technology that we put against that, but there's also a lot of creativity uh, that has to go into that because as, as you can imagine. You can't program something like this. You have to, you know, think a little bit more deeply. And that's what we do here at uh, at NetSertive all day long. Well, and I, and I think you know you touched on a couple things here that were really important. One, I totally agree with you that I, I think uh, they often get a bad rap, millennials, and 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 then you know when you look at our space, the tech space we know that those are the creatives and those are the people that are really plowing forward. They're, they're fearless. You know, they didn't grow up in manufacturing and factories and, you know, these, these strict hierarchies and rules and regulations. And, um, you know, they're, they're coming out of college, uh, and, and they're, they're hungry to, to change the world. And, and so yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you on that part that I think millennials get a, a, a bit of a bad rap when, you know, when I look at our industry and the companies that I'm excited about, almost all of them are, you know, have millennials, you know, carrying the weight, you know, and, and, and pushing and pulling those companies forward. So I love I love that positive aspect of it. Um, and then the second thing that you touched on there um, is the, the behavior change, you know, of 
of right. of having the internet in the palm of your hand your entire life. I can't imagine that. I honestly can't. You know, I would. You know, yeah. We are old. I I grew up with a hoop and a stick. You know, um, but <laughs> I I didn't. Yeah. But 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 well. it it is it is transformative that to think that you know that that uh, you know you have access to you know the world's information at the palm of your hand from the time that you start making purchase decisions is uh definitely has to change the behavior of 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 how you even make a purchase decision right yeah i mean it, it it's it's ubiquitous i mean you know there's stats that you know it, it kind of runs a gamut of several hundred times to 250 times which is the number of times that the average smartphone user looks at their phone every day looks at the screen you know, whether there's a notification there or not, you know, I know I'm constantly picking up my iPhone and putting it down and picking it up and putting it down. And, you know, imagine if you're, you know, if you're you know, part of the millennial generation, you've always had access to kind of the world's information at, at the click of a button. And, you know, I have a 13 year old son and he absolutely expected to get an iPhone and, and get access to this, you know, with the usual restrictions. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it has changed so much. And, you know, a big milestone was reached. And again, a lot of businesses don't know this. Uh, it was sometime late last year. You know, we do a lot of webinars with Google. You know, we're a premier partner of those folks. And we had Howard Tung in here a couple of weeks ago doing a webinar. And one of the stats that he threw out, which we knew was coming, was that uh, it was about six months ago was the time that Google data showed that there were more searches and web traffic coming from mobile devices than there were from laptops and desktops. So wow. that is that's a massive shift. And again, and you probably also saw Google released, I don't know how many months ago it was now within the last quarter, um, a huge update to their, to their ranking signals that if your website isn't tuned up to be mobile friendly, based on all the stats, in fact, if you Google the mobile friendly test, literally type it in Google mobile friendly test, you can type in your businesses or your brand's website and it will, Google will instantly tell you if it considers it to be friendly or not. And here's, here's the big takeaway guys. If Google says your site is not mobile friendly, the site within the next few months will stop showing up on mobile devices in organic search results. It's just going to disappear. And what's good about that tool is it'll tell you what you need to fix to make Google happy. And guess what? We all need to make Google happy is, you know, one of the top three or four, you know, destinations out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mobile and these, these devices, this is where you guys got to be, whether you're a brand or a local business, got to be, got to be tuned up for this. I, yeah, absolutely. And, and I can't, you, you said it perfectly and we, we've been talking about it a lot that if you, you know, I, I think I saw a stat the other day that said that, um, something like 40% of 45% of businesses out there still don't even have a good web presence. Never mind a responsive yeah. website. <laughs> Right. And I, and Is that amazing, Doug? Can, can you believe that, that basically half of all businesses out there don't have a website? I, I can't even believe that it's 2015. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I you know <laughs> I, I think I think the you know we what we run into all the time is you know, hey, we're word of mouth. We never have to worry about that. You know, this is it. You know, and and what we yeah. always what we always wind up showing, and and in this respect, it's a perfect example. Is Look, I can look up your industry and I can see how many people are searching on a monthly basis for the products and services that you, that you do. And it's a surprise to everybody uh, when they – and then the results are even more of a surprise when we say, okay, well, here's the top 10 results. And they go, 
oh wow, the, those are the guys that are eating our lunch. Well, nope. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. put two and two together there. <laughs> you know, right? So right. Well, here's here's the way that I think people need to think about. You know, the, again, this milestone millennial opportunity is that those folks expect to have a really consistent and in, and an informed path to purchase. You know, that goes from you know, if you're, again, a brand or a local business, if you're doing any traditional marketing, it's going to drive people to pick up their phones, go to their computers and do research. And they expect to have a, have a linear path from the first signal or two or three, whether it's traditional or digital, that leads to, you know, web material and information that then leads to a local brick and mortar, in many cases, location to make a purchase. In fact, people are stunned when they hear this, but every year Forrester Research does a study and says, look, how much of all retail across all sectors is done through e-commerce and how much is done in local businesses, brick and mortar? Doug, do you have a sense for these numbers? I do not. It's pretty amazing. I I do not. Okay, well, well, tell you what, take a guess. How how much of of all retail do you think happens on the Internet? How how much do you think this year? I'd want to say, uh, I'll say 30%. That's what most people say when I when I do my presentations. They say thirty to forty percent. Well, you know what? Amazon and their PR team is doing a phenomenal job because they've got us all thinking that e-commerce is eating the world. Well, if you go back and find these studies from Forrester and other guys, literally this year it's going to creep up. It's going to reach its highest number so far, which is seven percent. Oh wow! So, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's it. Again, across all industries. So what does that mean? If you're a brand that has local business partners, you need to have, you need to be doing a national advertising campaign, traditional and digital, and you need to fund your local retailers with great digital marketing. This is what we do at NetSertive so that when people are ready to buy and they're doing all that research, all these millennials are wired all the time. They need to have a linear path from all that marketing to a local brick-and-mortar location, or if, quite frankly, a lot of our folks don't even have a brick-and-mortar location, but they have a phone number that they can call, and it's a local, a local or regional business, that that's where they're going to go to actually buy. So again, about 94 to 93% um, of all retail still happens in local markets and brick-and-mortar locations. So what does that mean to a local business especially is that that's, your, that's a massive opportunity. E-commerce is not eating the world. Let Amazon do its thing. Great. They're over there. They're doing phenomenal things. And you were talking uh, with Mark Schaefer last week uh, about some of the things that Amazon's been doing. It's phenomenal. I love reading about what they're doing because – Bezos is doing an amazing job reinvesting in that juggernaut. He's doing an awesome job. Uh, but if you're a local business, you have to have a great online presence, like we say, assertive. That's why we call ourselves an assertive, to really be out in front of those folks when they're doing research uh, and then get them to, channeled into your store. You know, Make sure you have a presence. And you're right. It starts with a great website. In fact, you know, people shouldn't be scared. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to have a website that functions. I think you mentioned in one of your recent podcasts about, you know, even, sometimes you want to scale back the amount of content on your site so that you have the, the stuff that really matters. Exactly. That, that's going to fuel this progression. Yeah. And then make sure it gets indexed, you know, from an SEO perspective. Great. And then you work with somebody like us who does the SEM, the paid ads. And it all comes together, and you need traditional, you need digital, you need organic. It's not rocket science. You know, we, we have ways of doing it now that's very turnkey and easy. And the next thing you know, and Doug, you mentioned this too in a recent cast, that you, know, you might actually see your website traffic go down. We actually had to educate our clients too. 
yeah, your traffic's going to go down because the quality is going up and your conversions and the actual buying activity is going to, you know, increase. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Yeah, without okay. that, without a strategy, you know, for focusing your content, um, you know, it, it you you reach a broad audience that you know isn't going to buy from you, and it's not, you know, right. the, that that's the beautiful thing about digital media and you know SEO and and pay per click and um, and social is that you can absolutely make sure that you have content that builds relevance and authority within the niche we we love going long tail we love long tail you know yeah. and and yeah. uh you know and and pay-per-click is that way too you know if if you're selling houses and you're doing real estate you know you don't want to be bidding on the word real estate <laughs> you know right. you, but you right. do but you do want to be bidding way down the you know maybe it's uh you know you're in raleigh raleigh uh new builder real estate construction or something you know and and when you get right. that when you get that hyper focus with your tar targeting what you're really doing is honing on in on the people that are relevant ready to buy you know and, and gonna purchase um i i this, i the, these are amazing stats and i think it's so important like i i think you know to to talk about that retail and the way that you guys work with you know obviously getting people in the door too i think people have to pay close attention i i have um you know i love best buy and and i'm in there all the time uh, and i love amazon i'm all over amazon i think i order you know every couple of days off of amazon but the fact is is yep. what i think that's awesome is that when i go visit best buy now they have transformed the internals guts of that store and and pay attention to this you know our listeners that that now when you walk into best buy the shelves are lowered you can see the entire store you know when you walk in and and what do they have everywhere they are showroom working platforms you know throughout the entire store it's not a it's not a warehouse anymore it's not a sam's club you know where you just go pick up what you want and leave it's it's they are totally expecting people to come in with their mobile device you know or or shop mobily at home and then come in and 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 go directly to that thing use it you know whether it's headphone a headphone display or a, a tv or or a stereo system and and there and everything is interactive now in their stores and uh and i yeah. think i think it's it, they're paying close attention to these trends and i think i think i saw something online that best buy was actually lowering their square footage city by city and uh and so they're you know and and why why are they doing that well because of these trends right Right. Yeah, you bring up a great point, Doug, because, you know, there's so many articles, if you look online, where there are lots of local retailers that were have been really scared of showrooming, which is what you're talking about, where you turn the local brick and mortar store into a series of UPC codes for products that are on a shelf. You walk into a Best Buy, you look at five or six TVs, you scan their UPCs on your phone, you find a better price, say, at Amazon, and you hit the button and you buy it and you walk out. And the retailers were really concerned about that. And the great news is, is all the research that has come out shows that 
well, first of all, millennials and, and anybody, I mean, I think the largest growing group of people that own um, smartphones are actually over 40 now because uh, the millennials are pretty saturated. That's kind of a given. But those folks are doing uh, – they're not doing showrooming. They're doing webrooming, which is exciting. So webrooming means that um, they're actually looking on their phones before they actually even go to a brick-and-mortar store to get educated. And when they actually show up at the store, they're going to start showrooming. They're going to be scanning those UPC codes. Uh, but they're much more informed about the products that they're looking at. So those folks that have done webrooming first – tend to spend more once they once they get into the store. And I think there was a stat I saw the other day that about 75% of people, even if they find a cheaper price on their mobile when they're standing at the rack, will still buy from that local retailer because, unsurprisingly, they want to be able to interact with a human being who may be near that rack, ask them questions, they may need help installing it, and they want to have a local place to go when they need it serviced or they have questions. So the good news is, hey, most retailers have kind of gotten over this fear of webrooming um, and showrooming and have embraced it, and people are spending more money, and they may not come to the stores often. Uh, and actually, that was another stat. I know I'm mixing up a lot of stats here. There's a lot to talk about. But there was a time not too long ago where we as consumers would go to four to five stores before we'd buy something. Well, the average now is 1.2. So it wow. means on the rare occasion. The rare occasion we go to the first store and have a bad experience, we'll go to the second one. But most of the times, we're going to go to one store, and we're going to have researched the store, the store's reputation, you know, the reviews online, the store's sales, all that stuff, including the products and services and the brands, and then we're going to buy. So again, it, this continues to add up to digital presence is so critical, whether you're a brand or a local business. You've got to have a great website. And, and by the way, Doug, big tip. If, you, uh, if you're a local retailer, you really want to make sure that the stuff you're showing on your site is actually available in your store. So that we could do a whole other podcast on this, but there are lots of websites that are basically, uh, you know, catalogs and, oh, come into the store and order that sofa. It'll be here in, you know, two months. The folks that we work with that actually have inventory on their floor that when people walk in, they can buy it, that, that's a really good way to go. Yeah, it makes total sense. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. You know, kind of bringing this back with with millennials, you got to remember yep. that the, the the incredible opportunity here, if if you're a you know retailer or a digital marketer or, or just a local business, is that you have the opportunity now to leave those breadcrumbs. You have the opportunity now that to feed that research and and attract that person and bring them into your store. And and you never had that before, right? Like you said, people would shop from store to store to store. Well, now digitally, they're doing all of the research. They're making. They're probably making a purchase decision. I think it's what is it? The Zmot, you know, the the zero moment yeah. of truth that Google talks about is that you know the purchase decision even happened a lot of the time before they ever walked in the store um, because they've, yeah. they've already yep. done all the research. Now they're, they've got the money on their credit card and they're, they're coming in to buy and just don't, yep. don't screw it up by not having it in stock or treating them rudely yeah. or whatever. Right. But, but if you, right. if you have an effective, you know, search strategy, effective, you know, a, a beautiful website that, that creates a, 
a, a friendly atmosphere for them to find all the information they need, you're going to be bringing them in the door more. That's that's right, a right. that's and and now now you you have three distinct things from a marketing standpoint um, that that you know that people can walk away with uh, from this podcast. We'll put it on the post as well. And we're and by the way, um, NetSertive has a beautiful uh, infographic called the Milestone Millennial that we'll include on the post as well. So please visit the Marketing Tech Blog and and, and just you can search for Millennial or search for NetSertive. Uh, and and you'll find that post if you're if you're listening on iTunes or, or some other way. But uh, what are what are the three things that marketers can do to kind of millennialize? I think that's a terrible word, but uh, you know their their market their marketing efforts. Yeah, no, these are some great tips. So we know we've got you know brands and local businesses that already have marketing campaigns, and they're thinking, all right, you know, Tim, I hear you saying that we need to start tuning up some of this marketing to address millennials. Well, <clears throat> I really want you guys to think about these. These are three trends that the the, the traits that millennials uh, you know exhibit that you can tune up your marketing to address them uh, in a better way. So I'm going to give you the three, and then I'll explain them. So the first one is is that um, nowadays Millennials are much more interested in function over fashion, okay? So uh, that's number one. Number two is they're much more interested in having experiences than they are in owning possessions. And the third one is they really they want to be involved much more often than they want to be informed, okay? So there's your three things you want to be keeping in mind. So let's talk about function and fashion. So, you know, in previous generations, um, you know, they didn't have quite as much access to, you know, online research. You know, now millennials, of course, are, you know, the first fully, you know, we would call them, I guess, the digital um, generation. They were raised and they have, they've always had a lot of, a lot of choices. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, we know the economy has not been great for them as they've come of age. So they're a lot more concerned about whether they're going to be out of work and they're a little bit more frugal in terms of holding their money back. So when it comes to that, of course, there's always you know exceptions to this rule. But as 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 a general as a general rule, you know most of these folks would rather you talk about what problem does your product or service solve, what can it do for me, sort of cut out all this stuff about you can be more fashionable or you know sort of the bling aspect of it. Um, they don't really want to hear about that. They want to hear about function. Okay, they're much more you know oriented that way. So think about. Um, you know, the fact that millennials are going to be really savvy if you come at them with a very traditional marketing message. They're very skeptical. Um, and they actually, they're sort of shying away from luxury, despite what the TV and, and all that stuff would like to tell you about these, about these folks. You know, luxury has seemed, is, is a term that they sort of apply to older generations. And now they're really thinking more about, um, you know, about function. So that's number one that function is, is greater than fashion. So number two is, again, they want to have experiences over possessions. So, you know, we already said that, you know, millennials are a lot more financially aware. Um, so what you want to do is actually think more about, you know, what kind of an experience does my product or service provide? You know, and again, I've got some examples that I'll get into in here in a minute from, from, an, from Ford directly um, about this. But that they're not so tuned to owning things and filling up a house with stuff. They see that as the last generation's push that they, I got to have the house and the BMW in the driveway and all kinds of crazy, you know, gadgets in my house. 
what what can I buy that's going to allow me to have an experience? So you've probably seen these ads on TV, Doug, where, you know, the car and the young couple is going out to a lake house and having an experience and they've got boats on the roof and they never even talk about the features of the car. Right. That car is going to enable them to have an experience, right? Um, and last is they want to get involved. So we hear this all the time that they're much more socially aware. They like to, you know, cause marketing is, again, a huge, you know, a huge issue. Um, in fact, I know Khan just had their big ad awards, um, and a lot of the winners were cause-related. And now the big buzzwords are we got to be have a cause in all of our marketing. Well, that's not necessarily the right thing to do for everybody, but you need to think about, you know, how can I help millennials who might be interested in my products and services get involved in some kind of a cause or some sort of an event uh, that will get them engaged with my brand and my products and services because they want to be involved more than they want to be informed. Again, they can sniff out these traditional marketing messages from a mile away. They really want to think more about, again, being involved, having an experience, and the function of what it is that, 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 that you have to sell. I, I and I think um, you know to the, we've been talking a lot and of course you heard the show with Mark. Um, this is why you have to tap in emotionally with these you know the your your users and and uh, and prospects as well. And this is why you know the company that built that ad about you know going down to the lake house and stuff was 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 really focusing on that story you know that story is because if they can if they can somehow get you to you know synchronize that you know or relate that story to what you're going through now that's the emotional tie-in that hey i want to feel that way i want to do that or that's just like me or that's how i you know that's how we are and and now that's the emotional tie that then pulls you to the next step you know, gets you, you know, right. gets you researching online and gets you looking at opportunities. And, and I think, it, you know, people have to pay a lot of attention to that, that, that this is why marketing is changing, you know, the, you know, there's still the funny ads that, you know, go viral and everything else. But for the most part, companies are just doing a really great job nowadays of, of explaining the story uh, and, 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 and multiple stories, you know, for multiple audiences or multiple, you know, the, the single person at that age and the married person at that age and the, you know, the, all of those pieces. And so it's, it's becoming absolutely important that your content, you know, uh, you know, brings that to light and, and that's where, and you guys are in this business, you know, but you've got to have that story for people to come back to you know with pay-per-click yep. with with search engine results they, they've got to have that experience when they get back to your site yeah and i think if you give you give you two great examples here real quick so so one of them is a lot of you out there may have heard you know ford did a great campaign and i i think it's still ongoing it's called the join the fiesta movement and they, they set up a website and they had their local dealers do, you know, pay-per-click, put content on their site around this, and they really lit up social media in a huge way. And basically the focus of the Fiesta movement was obviously the Fiesta automobile, sort of the, one of their lower-end models that appeals to, again, these millennials who are really focused on function, and they're all about, you know, fuel-efficient and making that the start of the conversation. But then using the internet as their tool to really, you know, as you were talking about on your last cast with, with Mark Schaefer about igniting uh, the message and the social media. So they set up a website, the Fiesta movement website, and they actually gave a bunch of these millennials Fiestas. 
And they said, look, you got to sign up online. We're going to pick a whole bunch of you to get these vehicles. And these, these millennials got a hold of them, and they started putting videos up on the Internet. They started tweeting about them, and they were given sort of you know, instructions on how to tweet, when to tweet. And these things would routinely go you know, viral. And for several months, I saw Fiesta videos and posts all over social media from these guys. And it was an absolutely huge win uh, for Ford. And then they, they did like a regional thing. They would bring like tents and cars and, and a little, you know, place to drive around to all the major cities in the U.S. And it was a really coordinated campaign. It tapped into absolutely everything we're talking about today. So, you know, the function in experience um, and getting these, these folks involved in a movement, you know, with this automobile. So hats off to Ford. That was a, a tremendous uh, campaign. Yeah, they, um, they're doing another an amazing one is, job. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then, of course, there's Serta. So Serta is one of our, our brand clients. We work with hundreds of their retailers. We drive their national stuff. You know, we just did uh, you know, Memorial Day. We're gearing up for Labor Day, July 4th. Anyway, Serta did this really great campaign where they actually put an app out there that it wouldn't tell you when to wake up. Like, right, Doug, we probably – I have six apps on my phone that I can set an alarm. The Serta <laughs> app would actually tell you – when you should go to bed and it would basically give you tips. It would be like, look, it's really probably time that you really need to go to sleep. And by the way, our mattresses are going to help you get a better night's sleep. And, it, and again, it was just sort of this app to gently nudge you that you should be laying down and, and, and just reminding you of, you know, the value of Serta and all the different models that they have, memory foam, all that great stuff. And, uh, and again, they had an online campaign that dovetailed with this. It would drive people to get that app. They did local search ads. Uh, it was, it was in display. It was, again, a really good coordinated campaign, a really interesting way to try to go after folks on their phones, which, you know, we know that, that Doug, you know, I, I'm looking at my iPhone right now. The, the phone itself is the platform these days. And we're going beyond sort of the idea that it's, uh, you know, it's the, um, uh, you know, it's the Google app to do searches. It's the apps that people are installing. I mean, the phone itself with all the different things they can do, uh, just hats off to Serta for that campaign. Anything that any brand can do to, you know, to get local consumers to install it and then drive people to local retailers is absolutely smart. I mean, that's the way you got to go. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and the, the the thing that you talked about there was, look, that, that was not a promotional item for that was of value for the the company. It was of value for the audience, and we we see it over and over again. We we had a company, and this you know talk about the your your I, well if they're listening, I don't want to say it, but the most boring company ever, right? They they make lubricants, uh, you know, uh, oh. like like laminate covers and everything else that are frictionless and so 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 they work with chemists and they work with all of these manufacturing people on surface tension you know that's that's their whole their whole life is surface tension and chemicals and well when they're working with these customers these customers have to make um calculations all day long and so they you know so so you know we help them develop and and roll out you know, basically a surface tension calculator, and and so now the there's no relationship, right? I mean, there is, there isn't, but it's it's what would be of value to their audience, and so now they've got you know whatever twenty thousand engineers around the country using their application. Guess who's top of mind? You know, when they have a problem or when they need assistance or when they, um, you know, when they need to reorder supplies or whatever, and and so. The company 
focus on what is the value that we could bring our audience that doesn't necessarily tie it immediately back to our solution, um, but but right. creates that brand you know affinity to it is is really critical nowadays. It is, you know, and, and uh, w- w- the way we like to say it is, and it sometimes comes across as a little harsh, but. You know, the businesses that are really going to survive and thrive over the next five, six years are those that, you know, really go out of their way to, to do exactly what you're talking about is, you know, embrace digital and, and go far beyond just having, you know, information online about the products and services. But, you know, millennials, you know, they want content that's engaging. They want to have an interactive, you know, an interactive buying experience, we would say. And it's got to connect, you know, to their values and give them an easy way to interact, um, you know, with your products and, and share information about it. So, you know, actually I would say, Doug, you know, kind of t- to wrap it up, you know, so we, we talked about the three different uh, trends that folks need to do to tune up their current marketing to address millennials. But I think, you know, just a couple more bullets to really help people think about what they're doing today, and what they need to be doing tomorrow, like right away is when you're looking at your marketing, you know, make sure that whatever you're doing speaks to the values that millennials have, which I would sort of list as, you know, happiness is important to them, passion, uh, diversity, you know, it's a big one nowadays, um, sharing and discovery. You know, think about those, those bullet points when you're looking at your messaging. Make sure that you've got some kind of a mobile strategy going on, and it's, it should go beyond just showing up in the results when people are looking at their phone. Think about what you can do to, you know, again, you know, sort of with their great app or Ford, you know, having a website where there's an experience going on with, with customers or prospective customers that are in that generation. And, you know, Doug, you talked with, with Mark last week about video and wow, video, 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 um, even down to the local business level, guys, uh, you need to be thinking about your video strategy. And, and, and you, you mentioned too on, on that podcast that, you know, every business has to become a publisher and it's not just words on a web page or on a brochure. Now it's video. And uh, that's something that I do a lot here at the company uh, is make videos. You know, I make animated videos, I make live videos and people love those things. And, you know, it might surprise you guys to know that, um, in, in the last 24 hours, there's some stats that Google just put out. You know, the average millennial watched 11 videos online. Um, they posted at least six messages somewhere online, and they, they check their phone actively at least 45 times. So, <laughs> and they probably woke up I mean, with it. <laughs> they, they did. They did. In fact, uh, and again, this is something I mentioned earlier, that there's now more traffic coming from mobile than there is from, from desktops. But, but yeah, there's, there's a great chart that I can show you guys that, that Google puts out that shows what device do people use at different times of the day. And Doug, I'm, I'm, I fall into this perfectly. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is grab my iPhone and see if I got any notifications of yep. what's going on. Same here. That's before I make the before I make the coffee. When I get to the office, I kind of look like an old person because I'm at a laptop, right? So my usage is suddenly all laptop, desktop. But then at night, I got my iPad on my lap, right? And that's the absolute flow that they see for the average millennial and the average, quite frankly, the average human being that owns electronics. They have three or four digital devices. You know, they tend to use their phone early in the day, a laptop desktop through the bulk of the business day, and then a tablet at night. And what's great is, you know, Google gives us the tools that we can day part marketing. We can, you know, shove a, a bid over on the, on the smartphone side in the morning, you know, bid a little bit more in the afternoon on desktop, laptop, and then at night do that for tablets. I mean, 
it, it, you know, it, it is complicated. It sounds complicated, but um, you know, if you work with somebody who, you know, who's a Google partner who knows how to make this stuff work for you, um, the results really, you know, are, are pretty incredible. You know, businesses and brands have never had access to marketing that, that can work this way. And that's why you can tell I'm very passionate about it. I love getting up in front of groups and showing people the opportunity and how they can execute uh, the results. I mean, we, just helping businesses survive that last downturn and now grow into 2015 and beyond. I mean, that's what I, that's what I think anybody wants to do all day, all day long. Well, and Fantastic. I think, and I, and I think the, you know, the message to people is that the investment is, is absolutely worth it. That the companies that, you know, NetServe is working with are growing. It's not a, yeah. it's not a shrinking. And, and so, yeah, there, there's companies that are going out of business right now. And there, you know, there's, there's economic, you know, challenges out there, but the people that are taking advantage of digital and taking care of the, taking advantage of these behavior changes, like you said, 30, let's go back to the very beginning, 37% of adult consumers are millennials. That's why yeah. this is so, so, so critical. And I'm, I'm so glad, I mean, you, you answered the millennial question with such clarity. I, I, I'm going to, I'm probably going to listen to this podcast two or three times to, you know, make sure that, that, <laughs> that we're going down the same route with our clients. Um, but now, now net of itself, I, I always want to do this, you know, you've taken your time out, you know, for our audience, um, you know, w- what size customer uh, are you working with on this? And, and you mentioned that you, you handle, I think it's six, six industries. Um, you know, where, where's yeah. your focus so that if, if people are listening in our audience and they need assistance with this, um, you know, tell them about yourself and, and, and how they might be able to help you or how you can help yeah, them. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Doug. You know, first of all, I'd love for everybody, if, if you want to find out more, best way to do is go to our website. Again, we want people to be, we want brands and local businesses to be assertive online with their marketing. So that's why we call ourselves NetSertive. So N-E-T-S-E-R-T-I-V-E.com. Head over there. You'll see those, those, those six different industries. Um, and again, what really makes NetSertive uh, unique and different than other folks out there is that we've really spent, you know, quite a few millions of dollars to create a, what we call our digital marketing intelligence platform. And that's a place where we want brands like Serta and, you know, Chrysler and, you know, all these big AV brands, you know, all those folks, those brands, we work with them day in and day out, have a dedicated team there. We, we want to take their national advertising campaign and localize it and make it available along with co-op funds from those brands to their local partners in local markets all across the all across North America. <clears throat> so the brands log in, we work together to create the campaign, and then the local businesses, you know, subscribe to NetSertive and they get access to the money and those marketing assets. And the assets are co-branded and localized and of course run in the local market of the local business. So you think about it, Doug. You know, you're online and you're doing some searches and you want to buy a new, you know, a new Chrysler 200. Everybody sees those ads made in Detroit. Fantastic. You're going to go on the Internet. You're probably going to go to 20 to 30 different places. You're going to start by, you know, vetting a local dealer to buy from. You're going to hone it down to one or two. And then you're going to get in the car and drive. But before you do that, you're going to be looking on the Internet. So what we've done is we have this platform where we work with Chrysler we get their national ads, we co-brand, localize them to all the local dealers across the U.S. so that when those local folks are doing searches, that there's a comprehensive, consistent message that Chrysler can trust that we're driving 
down to the local dealers, uh, and then the dealers run the ads, and they reap the benefit of seeing more folks walk onto their lot and actually purchase automobiles. So <clears throat> that's sort of, again, what gets us out of bed in the morning. And you know, I mentioned this intelligence thing, which I think throws people off. They're like, Tim, what, what in the world do you mean by intelligence? Because if you think about it, Doug, you know, today no human being on their own can run a good digital marketing campaign or, say, an AdWords campaign. They just can't. Because right. you're in a silo yeah. of you're in a silo of one. It's like this is my campaign. I have one day or one month of data. How can I, you know, how can I spot trends? I really can't. So we built this on purpose so that all the brands and the local businesses live together in one place. And we've we have our I think our, our coding team, our, our developer team is almost bigger than any other team in our company because they're coming up with ways to get you get uh, intelligence out of all of that data. So if an ad in one market's performing well, or you know a landing page that we've embedded on a dealer page is performing well, or Google is telling us that there is there's a new trend, and you know I think Google said that every day that about 30% of the searches entered into Google they have never seen before. I mean, let that sink in for a second. What that means is, is that people change all the time how they're searching, what they're searching for, how they're typing it. So we have access to all that stuff. We would call that intelligence that we put to work and we make anywhere from 600 to 1,000 changes to every one of our clients' accounts wow. every month to help them you know, address those shifting trends and you know, help them to put that co-op dollar to work from their brands and you know, help them stay ahead of their competition because you – know, what we do too, Doug, and I want to go all the way back to the beginning is, you know, great. You know, we can talk about strategy and the way we do things all day long, but a great campaign is only as good as the goals that were set by, uh, by the business or the brand. So we're really careful to say, you know, what do you actually want to get out of this marketing? You know, do you want to increase your sales by 20%? Do you want to increase, con you know, conversions? Do you want to, you know, what do you want to do with this campaign? And then we come up with the strategy and the actual executables that, uh, that help them meet that and then surpass it. And what's great is you probably know, because I know you do some of, this, uh, some of this stuff as well in your business, is the longer you do it, the more intelligence you have, the more proactive changes you make to it, the better results you get. And it just it grows over time when you do it the way that it should be done. Exactly. And, I love and that. It's really exciting. It's all yeah. about. I, I keep telling people it's all about momentum and the and the methodologies yeah. and the and the strategies that we're using today are very different from what we were doing even two years ago, and so that's yeah. that that is why you want to seek out someone like NetSertive to assist you there is because, you know, if you're doing the same thing that you were doing two years ago online, guess what? You're you're missing opportunity, and it, and that's the gap that's going to help you grow your business and, and be successful. Well, t Tim, so yeah. people can find you at uh, netsertive.com, again, N-E-T-S-E-R-T-I-V-E. -E. Uh, and then personally, you know, they, uh, obviously you're netsertive on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and then personally, yeah. you're uh, Tim McLean. You know, tell people how yeah. they can find you as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate that too. Uh, best way is I'm a huge Twitter fan, so uh, at T McLean, so at T M C L A I N. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, love for you to, to follow me. I'm I'm posting a lot of stuff. In fact, I put up links to uh, to this infographic. I know you're putting it up on your blog. I also put a link to an ebook that explains all the stuff we talked about there, and you maybe even retweet it for me, Doug. But uh, yeah, at T McLean on Twitter. That's the best way to go. Also Great. on LinkedIn. 
and uh, and that'd be great. And we'll put a link to the ebook as well in in uh, when when we post the podcast. Tim, I can't thank you enough. Awesome. This was this was such an insightful conversation and 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 very very important. Uh, everybody needs to listen to this. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Doug. Thank you for the invitation. Appreciate you it. Bet. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.